Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was going to Jerusalem, and everybody wondered about him. Didn't he just raise someone from the dead on his way to Jerusalem? I heard that he fed 5,000 men with just a few fishes and loaves. My cousin heard him speak in his synagogue, and he actually thinks that this Jesus may just be the Messiah. So the people took branches of palm trees, and they went out to meet him. And as the people gathered together, They began to notice a huge crowd, excitement, fed on excitement, and the people began to hope, against all hope, that maybe Jesus was the one. The people began crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Who was the first person to start that chant? Who was the first person to yell out? It didn't even matter, because soon the crowd was crying out with one voice, Hosanna! And the people were excited, and they were caught up in the moment. I'm sure the disciples at this point in time were extremely proud They thought they saw this huge crowd and this validated all of their time that they had spent on the road with Jesus. Everybody was thinking about national freedom, wealth, pride, with better conditions at home. The people were thinking that Jesus was going to make Israel great again. Meanwhile, in the midst of the singing and the shouting, there was only one who knew how this was all going to end. Jesus was not coming for the national pride of the people. He was coming to be an offering for the entire world. The people wanted a royal king. They wanted some action. And Jesus was a king for sure, but none like the world had ever seen. He came into town not as a hero, but as a sacrificial lamb. He was coming to die. And at this moment, he was the only one who realized this. Isaiah, through the Holy Spirit, saw this moment long before Jesus ever rode into town on that Sunday of Palms. And he was blessed by the Holy Spirit to know the thoughts of the man who would lay his life down for you and I. Hear Jesus' thoughts as he rides into town. The Lord God has opened my ears and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. 
I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace or spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me, who will declare me guilty. As the crowd cheered, Jesus saw the cross. He saw the spit flying from the mouth of those who would revile him in five days' time. He saw the hands of those he came to save, reaching and grabbing and pulling his beard out. Some would say that Jesus was all alone, but he is not alone, for the Father and the Holy Spirit are with him. That was made clear on the day of his baptism, on the Mount of Transfiguration, and in our gospel. And his face is set like a flint, and no one will deter him. He will not get caught up in the praises of Palm Sunday, and he will not run from the hatred and sin of the world that were his to know that coming Friday. God so loved the world that here is Jesus on a donkey's colt. God so loved the world that this same Jesus would be lifted up on a cross of wood to die. His death, our forgiveness, our freedom, (coughs) our life. As the week went on, the people that sang Hosanna, one by one, turned away. The glory that the people wanted was not the glory that Jesus spoke of. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now that sounds like what the people wanted to hear. But his version of glory is not the world's. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus was describing himself as a grain of wheat that falls into the earth and dies. This coming Friday, he would die on a tree, and his body, the seed, would be removed and planted into a tomb, so that when he rose, he would be the firstborn of the dead, and you and I are pieces of fruit that were made possible because Jesus was planted into the ground. Jesus also said that whoever loves his life loses it, 
And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Jesus was beginning his passion, his suffering for the world, his mission to save the world. But the world didn't want to be saved. It wanted glory. What do you want this morning? What do you want? I would suggest that we seek neither suffering nor glory. I would suggest that we seek first the kingdom of God. That is Jesus, God's love for the world, no matter where he leads, whether it be to wealth or poverty, whether it be lead to glory or suffering. Seek first Christ. And we receive this love named Jesus when we read his word, partake of his body and blood, and hear of his word of forgiveness. We want to submit to this love this morning in moments of joy, especially in moments of pain. That week of Jesus' passion, everybody had a reaction to him. Many of the authorities actually believed in this guy. But for fear of the Pharisees, they would not confess it. They didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that came from man more than the glory that comes from God. Everybody was worrying what everybody else thought. Everybody was worrying about what everybody else was thinking, except for Jesus. He was doing what was best for everyone around him and the entire world, while everyone in the world was trying to pick the best position or public stance that would make them look the best among their peers. When Jesus prayed in the garden, asking the Father to let the cup pass from him, he ended up submitting to what love would have him do. Love was the reason that he was on that donkey on Palm Sunday. Love was the reason that he overturned the tables in the temple that week. Love was the reason that he told the people what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear. Love is what caused him to submit to the pulling of the beard, and the spitting in his face. Love is the reason That though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And on that Palm Sunday, he was the only one that knew and understood that love was leading him right past the adulation of Palm Sunday, right to the scorn of Good Friday. There is something that we should all know and understand. I'm going to say that again because I really want you to pay attention. There is something that we should all know and understand. Jesus did not bask in the glory of Palm Sunday because he saw your face. He knew that each and every one of us in this room, around the world, and those already in heaven, every single one in his church, he knew that we needed him, not just to be our hero, a hero that could perform awesome miracles. We needed him to be our savior, to pay our debt. He knew this, and he saw you, and therefore he rode past the glory of Palm Sunday all the way to that upper room on Holy Thursday. And there in his last will and testament, he instituted the sacrament of the altar, giving his body and blood for all who would receive him. And he moved from that upper room with his disciples to the Mount of Olives, where he would sweat drops of blood as he prepared to do what you and I needed him to. And from there, his face was set like a flint on saving us as he submitted to the whip, the spit, the crown of thorns, the pulling of the beard. And as he breathed his last breath and said those words, it is finished, your sin was paid for. The payment for our sin is what rode into town on Palm Sunday. And that same person comes to us today in, with, under the bread and wine. And that Palm Sunday, the people sang Hosanna, and we will too today. But when we sing Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the Lord, truly blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we will not be looking for a national hero. No, we will be praising the world's Savior. We know what he came to accomplish, and we partake of that beautiful body and blood that was given and shed for our forgiveness. Hosanna in the highest. Truly blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the name of Jesus. Amen.